Well, welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It is so great to see you today. Hopefully, you've had an incredible time with your family and friends over the last couple of days uh, with this Thanksgiving uh, celebration and weekend as we're kind of underway. And I love this time of the year from now to the end of the year, uh, from now, Christmas, uh, New Year's Eve, New Year's Day, and just a great, great, great time. We had a wonderful time with our family. Uh, we were in Springfield, Missouri the last couple of days with Tammy's mom and dad and family, and it's just a, a delight to be there. Great to be back. And uh, this weekend, I want to share with you uh, just a real simple passage from the book of Hosea. So if you want to turn your Bibles to Hosea chapter 10, it's in the Old Testament. If you need to take a minute, just uh, turn to the book of Hosea chapter 10. I'm going to look at one verse. And I've said this before, and I'll, I'll say this again. During this time of the year, I really find myself, it's very typical of the season, but it's also kind of a practice that I have, is to be a bit self-reflective. Um, and so I'm evaluating, I'm, I'm evaluating all the things that God's done in my life and thankful for all of those things and truly trying to develop and create and continue an attitude of gratitude. And at the same time, I'm also reflecting over on the things that I feel like God is wanting to do to project for the next year as we end one year and begin another. And, um, and so the book of Hosea is an is a incredible book because the word Hosea means salvation. That's actually what, what it means. And Hosea is this minor prophet. And Hosea is a book that illustrates God's faithfulness to his people, even when his people are not faithful to him. And over this um, Thanksgiving weekend, as we're celebrating all the things that we're thankful for, probably the chief of which I am thankful for is God's faithfulness. I love that great hymn of the church. Great is his faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Oh God, my Father. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. I, I just love the whole sense that I am here and that I am blessed and that I am living my life. That in God I live and I move and I have my being. And I'm so thankful for his faithfulness. Because the more I think about the faithfulness of God and his unending mercies the more cognizant, the more aware I become even of my own unfaithfulness. I become aware of where I fall short, which makes me want to lean even more into those everlasting arms of Jesus. And so during this time of the year, again, this is somewhat my rhythm and flow, but it's also a great practice. And Hosea has a great, great, great question as, uh, as he presents this, this passage in Hosea chapter 10. Verse 12. If you have your Bibles, you'll be there by now. If not, they'll be on the screen for you. But verse 12 says, I said, plow new grounds for yourself. This is God speaking. Plant righteousness and reap the blessings that your devotion to me will produce. It is time for you to turn to me, your Lord, and I will come and pour out blessings upon you. I'll read that again. Plow new grounds for yourself. Plant righteousness, reap blessings that your devotion to me will produce. It's time for you to turn to me, your Lord, and, and I will come and pour out blessings upon you. This whole thinking of, of planting and of plowing and of sowing is all going back to Genesis chapter 8, where God says, as long as the earth shall endure, there will be seed, time, and harvest. God works through process. 
God always has worked through process. I, I love the, 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 the story of, of Noah and the ark. And the Bible says that inch by inch and day by day, the waters receded. Noah was on that boat for a year. And inch by inch and day by day, the waters receded. Now, we love when God zaps us. We love when things happen fast. We love when things happen just cataclysmically, just there it is. And that's awesome and fun and pretty spectacular. And part of the reason why it's so spectacular is because of the fact that it's just not natural. But the way God created and the way God typically tends to work and the way God typically even puts his super onto our natural is seed, time, and harvest. It's about process. And Hosea understands this. And Hosea is speaking to people that would understand this. And he's saying that, that God is saying to them that it's time for you to plow. It's time for you to plant. And it's time for you to reap. These are three questions I think we should ask ourselves as we're thankful for what God's done and as we're looking and anticipating about what God wants to do in our life. These are three questions. First question is, what ground in your life needs to be plowed? What ground in your life needs to be plowed? Now, ground refers to my life, and often when it's talking about plowing ground, it's typically it's new ground. Sometimes it's not, but it's new ground. And so it's, and so ground can either be new or it can be, maybe it's existing. But typically when we refer to plow up the ground, it's, we need to break up the soil because it's hard. What areas in your life are new or undeveloped? What areas in your life are hard or need to be broken up? Plow up that ground. I'm going to ask you these questions today because I think it's self-reflective. Is what ground in your life needs to be plowed? What hard ground, what ground in your life needs to be plowed? What, let's, so let's talk about this for a minute. Let's talk about new ground. Maybe there's new territory. Maybe there's something new in your life that God wants to do. And maybe right now, you, all you see are, are trees, and, it's, and, and all you see is, is, is basically, uh, it's, you know, the soil is fertile, but you're going to have to knock down and clear trees in order to create a, a field. It's one of the things I, I love about the, the, the Kettle Moraine area around Washington County here in Wisconsin is that you see how years ago, when men and women came and settled this land, that there was that there were trees and vegetation and mighty oak trees all throughout, but they would go in really by hand and by ox and, and horse, and they would, they would break up the ground. They would cut down the trees. They would pull up the, the root systems. Then they would go through, and they'd begin to pick up stones and pick up rocks, and then they began to plow the ground. There's this whole process to getting the ground ready. And so today, there may be something that's in your life that you're looking and you're seeing. It looks like it's new ground. It, it's, it's never really been worked before. It's never really been developed before. It's just it's kind of there. It's lying dormant. Maybe it's weedy. It needs to be weeded. Maybe it's just full of stones and the stones need to be collected. Maybe it's full of trees and the trees need to be cleared in order for you to be able to do what God's called you to do. What new ground is there? What new area is there? What new vision is there? What new place is there? Maybe it's for you. Maybe it's for your family. Maybe it's for your business. Maybe it's for the calling. What new ground needs to be plowed up? It may also be existing ground that you just haven't developed in years. Maybe you've neglected. You've just kind of let it go, and you've just kind of been, and, and it's just, it's become hard, and it's become overgrown, and it just, it needs you to come back in with some TLC and plow up that hard ground. What areas in your life are hard? Maybe it's relationship. Maybe it's your heart. 
Maybe it's uh, generosity. Maybe you lack that. And so you're holding on to everything. And God's given things in your life. It's very easy when God fills our hands, isn't it? But when we have to give that up, it becomes very difficult. But the Bible says in the book of Job that God gives and he takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. And so he's filled your life with things and he's blessed you, but now he's asking things of you and you want to hold on to it. And, and there's a hardness that needs to be plowed. Maybe it's something between you and him and your relationship. It's just grown cold. It's just not been developed. You've just kind of become neglectful. Maybe things in life have happened. Maybe there's resentment. Maybe it's a heart issue and there's resentment because if things haven't really worked well. And you, you may sit here and say, you know, Aaron, as you're talking about the blessings of God, I, I don't really have a lot of blessings. It's really been a rough year. It's really been a tough year. Let me ask you something. How's your heart? Because out of your heart, the Bible says, flows all the issues of life. And maybe what you need to do at the end of this 2016, the beginning of the 2017 year, is to plow up your heart. How do I do that, Aaron? Just simply palms up, God. Just speak to the Lord and say, Lord, my heart is hard. Take this heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. I surrender to you. Forgive me. Cleanse me. Wash me. I surrender myself to you. And the Bible says that in that moment, God will begin to soften your heart. You see, here's the problem. Here's the reason why he begins first and says to plow up the ground. Because if soil is hard, it does not have the ability to receive seed. And if it doesn't have the ability to receive seed, it doesn't have the ability to produce anything. Hard ground, unplowed ground, is unfruitful ground. It's unproductive ground. It cannot receive the seed. And, and, and so God's word isn't received and, and the blessings of God aren't received and the things that God wants to do in your life that he wants to plant deep into your heart and deep into your life to produce this harvest of righteousness, to produce this life that's pleasing before him, to produce even the blessings of God in your life. Sometimes we don't have blessings in our life because at the end of the day, we have been so fixed on things that have happened and our hearts have become hard and we've become neglectful and we've not plowed up the ground that even when God tries to pour out and God tries to give us the seed of his word and the seed of blessing into our lives, we can't receive it. And so it may be that God's trying to help you. God's trying to bless you. God's trying to open up the windows of heaven and he's pouring out a blessing upon you so great you don't have room enough to contain it. The problem is, is that you're not ready for it. I'm reminded, too, that many times we have what we have because that's what we can handle. And the way I'm able to handle more is to begin to prepare myself for more. See, I can't build a house unless I've got a foundation. I, I can't plant a field unless it's first plowed. I, I, I can't receive anything unless I have a container in which to receive it. Plow up that ground. What ground in your life needs to be plowed? I promise you, if you'll ask yourself this question and you'll ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you, even if you're like, man, I just don't know, God will speak to your heart and he'll show you. And then you began to do the work of plowing that ground. Second question he asked in this passage is, what fields do you need to sow? In what fields do you need to sow seed? In what fields do you need to sow seed? So, the, gr the ground of our life is plowed. Where do I need to sow seed? Well, I've got to sow seed in ground that is plowed. Well, where are the potential areas of growth in my life? As I look back upon 2016 and I look back upon how, how God's blessed, God's always blessed me in areas in which I was prepared. God's always blessed me in areas in which I was ready. God's always blessed me. He might have done more. He might have asked for more. It might have stressed me beyond what I thought I could do. But I look back and I just see great is his faithfulness. 
and I see how God has produced in my life. And so what are the fields in my life that I need to sow seed into? Where are the fertile areas? Where are the potential growth areas? Maybe it's in your business. Because again, if God's called us, look, God doesn't, doesn't just speak to you about the spiritual side of things. He speaks to you about all of your life. Because if he's either called you to the ministry or to the marketplace, he's either called you to vocational ministry or to the marketplace. We're all called to ministry, but he's either called you like me to vocational ministry or you to, to the marketplace. So he wants to expand. The same way he'll speak to me about the church, he's going to speak to you about your business. And he's going to speak to all of us about our lives in him. So in those areas where it's the church, whether it's the marketplace in your business, whether it's in your life, where are the areas in your life where there's potential for growth? Begin to sow seed in those areas. Begin to become intentional in those areas. What, what do you mean, Aaron? I mean about intentionally begin to ask and make it a process of prayer and say, God, show me where the potential is. Show me where there's un, un, untapped potential in my life. Maybe it's an employee that works for, for you. God, show me who in my workforce do I need to develop, do I need to pour into that's going to produce, not just in their own life, but in this company. God, show me where, what areas do I need to invest in. Maybe, you're, maybe you really invest in certain properties or certain resources or finances or stocks or bonds or I don't know what you do for a living, but where do I need to invest? Give me wisdom, God, to show me where to invest. Maybe it's in your own life. God, what relationships personally do I need to invest in? Are are things that I really have have not? Maybe it's in your kids. Maybe they're in a particular season of life and it's changing. And so what they need from you is changing. God, show me for my children. Where do I invest in their lives to produce the harvest of righteousness that you have for them? Maybe it's in your marriage. God, show me where to invest. Maybe it's, it's it's in an untapped area of your life. Maybe God's asking you to kind of step out of your comfort zone and asking you to maybe go on a mission trip. And so this year you're going to plan and prepare to invest in that area. Maybe it's, maybe it's something you want to do for the kingdom of God beyond anything you've ever done. You began to prepare yourself to invest. Maybe it's giving more financially to the local church. You began to prepare for more. I don't know what it is. That's why I say ask. God, where are the areas, where are the fields in my life that I need to sow seed in? Remember, it's about process. Remember, it's about the future. And sowing takes an investment of time and talent and treasure. And many times when we sow, we want to reap the first day that we sow, but that's not how it works. It's process, seed, time, and harvest. So from the time that you sow the seed, it's going to take some time. The farmer doesn't put corn into the ground and believe he's going to eat corn on the cob from the corn he sowed that morning for dinner. That's crazy. There's a season of time. But he begins first with a vision. That there'll come a day that he'll eat from the corn of that seed that's sown. There'll come a day that he'll sell and he'll profit and he'll live on the seed that's sown. The farmer has an incredible amount of faith to plow the field, to plant the seed, and then believe God over the time that it will produce. What area in your life, just like a farmer, do you need to sow seed into? Do you need to invest into? Invest your time. Invest your talent your giftedness, your ability that God's given you. Invest the resources, your finances. God may speak to you about specifically investing in a particular area, and it could be business-related, it could be church-related, ministry-related. But he begins to speak to you. Because where you sow your seed makes all of the difference. It makes all the difference in the world. And so I just want to ask you, get you to ask yourself exactly what God was asking of Hosea. What seed do you need to sow seed into? 
And the third question that you need to ask as you're kind of winding down this year and projecting into next year is what are you reaping in your life? As you harvest your life, what are you reaping in your life? What are you reaping? You go, Aaron, what are you talking about? I'm asking you. Just like a farmer, we sow seed of time, talent, and treasure. We plant and prepare the fields. We give it time, and we trust the Lord with faith. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And then we trust him to believe for a harvest. Do you not believe him for a harvest in your life? I do. As I'm investing my finances into kingdom ministry things, as I'm being obedient with my time, I'm believing that God's going to bless my life, and I pray in such a way. Do you live life with expectation? You should. That as you are faithful to do what God's asked you to do, that he will be more than faithful, because he's always faithful to do what he will do, and even exceedingly and abundantly above all you could think or ask. And your business he wants to bless that. Don't, don't reduce your life down in, in spirituality to an hour on Sunday or to an hour on Saturday. No, no, no. It's a 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. It's your life. God consumes all of it or nothing at all. Remember commandment number one, I'm the Lord your God and I'll have no other gods before me. And so what areas in your life are you expecting? See, sometimes we don't have a harvest because we're not looking for it. We just drive by the field, and we drive by the field, and we're so caught up in conversation about why we don't have something or why something is happening. When the harvest is there, yeah, we got to go harvest it. we got to go after it, but the reality is it's right there for us. And so what areas of life are you expecting? What are you believing God for? What are you praying for? What are you investing in? So for me in my own life, there, there are fields in my life that I'm plowing. And then there are seed that I'm sowing. And then there's over time that I'm believing that God's going to give me a harvest in that area. Because I understand as long as this earth shall endure, there'll be the process of seed, time, and harvest. And so I live life with an expectation. I raise my children with expectation. I invest in my marriage with expectation. I, I, I serve God by serving you in this church with an expectation. There's been many times I've sat on the parking lot and prayed, oh God, I'm believing for this. I'm believing for this. I pray specifically, I, 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 the, the financial needs of the church, you will very rarely ever have me come to you and tell you what the financial needs of the church are. And they're great. And there are times we have conversation with the leadership team where they'll say, maybe you need to communicate this. And, and it's not that I'm trying to stay on the sunny side. I just choose to ask God to speak to you. Because I know he has a way better ability of communicating some of that to you than what I do. And so I just trust in him. And so even right now in this season, as we're wrapping up this year in, there's a certain amount of, of resource that we need to, to, to close out and have a really solid year. It's been a great year, but to have to finish strong. And so I pray, Lord, speak to people's hearts about their tithing. Let them evaluate in their own lives about their, about their giving. Let them look for themselves and say, hey, this is how much money I'm bringing in, and this is what I'm tithing. And, oh, and, you know, and, and as you're blessing them, Lord, speak to them. You speak to them about the blessings in their life and what they need to do with that. Because that's between you and the Lord. So I just speak to him. I just ask him. But I'm expecting I'm expecting with every staff member that we bring on the team, I'm expecting to see growth come spiritually and numerically from that leadership of that individual. I, I, I'm expecting as, as I invest another year of my life, it's just not another year of sermons and doing church. No, I'm expecting to see God expand the kingdom from the north, the south, the east, and the west, that God will draw people in. I'm expecting to see a great harvest in, in the Appleton campus. I'm expecting to see God do things online. I'm expecting to see souls saved. And, and, and we had 524 people come to faith in Christ in 2015. 
2015, I want to have at least 525 in 2016. Amen? I'm expecting. But here's what I find. A lot of times people live life and they don't expect anything. And so if you don't expect anything, I guess you're not disappointed. But you never get to see the miracles. You never get to see the signs and the wonders. You never really reach to believe. And so God's saying to Hosea, saying to his people, where are the areas that are you're reaping in your life? Reap from those fields that you've planted. Reap from those fields in which you have plowed. But you will never reap in life if you don't plow, if you don't plant, and if you don't believe. You'll never see it. So how does all of this occur? It happens, he uses a phrase here, when you turn from to turn to. When you turn from to turn to. Go, go back to the verse real quick. And let's just look at this again. He says it. It's time for you to turn to me, your Lord, and I will come and pour out blessings upon you. Turning to God means you're turning from something else. It's time for you to turn to me, God says. So yes, we should plow. Yes, we should plant. Yes, we should reap. But the truth of that's going to be realized in our lives when we truly turn from to him. Maybe there's something you need to turn from today. Maybe it's a stronghold in your life. It's a sin in your life. It's, it's an addiction in your life. That's what I mean by stronghold. That there's something that just seems like it has power that you make up your mind and that you surrender to him and that you give it to him and that you choose that you're going to fight it. You're not going to just live or settle, but you're going to resist it. And it doesn't matter if you have to struggle with it every day of your life, you're going to continue to resist it until God gives you the victory. Maybe that what you're turning from is maybe there's a lackadaisical kind of nonchalant attitude that you have. Maybe you're turning from, maybe, maybe you've just been living life with no expectancy. Maybe you're going to turn from, hey, I really haven't planted, and I've been somewhat lazy, and I'm going to engage myself. I don't know what it is you're turning from, but, but turn from those things that are non-productive, that are non-beneficial, that may even be sinful in your life, and turn to who? The Lord. And allow him, look at that verse, allow him to pour out the blessings. Allow him to bless your plowing. Allow him to bless your planting. Allow him to bless the reaping of your life. That's what God wants to do. Oh, God's not going to do it for you, right? It's like the farmer in the field. God's not going to all of a sudden, the farmer's not going to walk out and there's ears of corn he's going to pull from there. No, no, no. God works through process. He works through. But he puts his super onto your natural. The natural seed time and harvest. The supernatural is the abundance of crop. It's the abundance of what happens in your life. It's the expectation of believing. And so, again, this is all about direction in your life. To turn from, to turn to. It's a question of direction. Because direction, not intention, equals destination in life. I've said that many times before and I'll say it again. Direction, not intention, equals destination in life. I always illustrate this point by saying, you may be on Interstate 43 and you're ready to go to Florida. And you're on I-43, and, and what's happening is, is that I mean, you've got the minivan packed, and you've got all of your summer gear, and you're ready to go, and the swimwear and everything is there. And as you're heading, and you're driving, and you're in tension, you're packed, you're ready to go to Florida. But the problem is, is that your car is heading north on I-43, not south. And the difference is, is that your direction, not your intention, will equal your destination. You're going to wind up at a coastal community, but it'll be Escanaba, Michigan, not Sarasota, Florida. What's the difference? I wanted to get there. I wanted to be there. Yeah, but where is your direction? 
God says, if you will put your direction towards me, if you will put your plowing towards me, if you'll put your planting towards me, if you'll put your harvesting and your reaping towards me, if you'll trust me for these things, if you will partner with me, if you will do what you can do, I will do what you can't do. If you'll do the natural, I'll put the super onto your natural. And the destination is going to come not from your intention, but from the direction of your life. So I end today with asking you that simple question. Where are you headed? Because you can plant and you can plow, you can reap. But unless you're headed in the right direction, it's for naught. But when you're headed in that right direction, God blesses your plowing, he blesses the planting, and he blesses the reaping. And that's my prayer for you. This end of this 2016, that God will show you all the blessings that he's done. And also that he will show you all that he wants to do in 2017. And that you then will plow those ground. You will plant in those grounds. And you will reap from those grounds. Let me pray. Father, I thank you today for your people. I pray your blessings be upon them. Great is your faithfulness. Oh God, our Father, there is no shadow. There is no doubt within you. I pray, God, that you would just open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so great we don't have room enough to contain it. Let our eyes be upon you. Let our hearts be inclined towards you. Speak to us as we ask these questions of you. And we thank you for what you've done in this year. And we want to finish strong. And we believe for a great 2017. In Jesus' name, amen.